And away we go. It is the BCJ Podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. It is baseball season, so make sure you're getting down to visit our friends at the Holy Grail down at the banks right across from Great American Ballpark. They will get you taken care of. Cold drinks, great food, and uh, just an awesome atmosphere in downtown Cincinnati right at the banks. So make sure while you're down there, whether you're taking in a Reds game or uh, for a concert or whatever it may be, stop by and visit our friends at the Holy Grail. All right, Dave. Well, we got a lot to talk about tonight, I think, I guess. I guess so. We, uh, we've got, obviously, a crap ton of football recruiting. We've got spring football. we got all kinds of stuff to get to. Uh, where would you like to start? Uh, your, your choice. I'm open for whatever. Our energy is just great to get this yeah, show started. Yeah, well... I have to get up in five hours, six hours. Oh, so. I mean, yeah, but you're going to Vegas. Like, I, I don't, you don't get to whine <laughs> about that. I'm not. I'm like, if you, if you had to get up in five hours to work, okay, maybe. True, but. Um, uh, let, let's just go, let's go uh, spring, spring football. All right. You, uh, Kind of put a bow you, on that. You did get a chance to come to a practice before the spring game. And then you were one of the uh, the many members of the Bearcat Journal crew that uh, had a chance to take in the spring game while I was being volleyball dad. So uh, I will start with your overall thoughts. What did, what, what did you walk away thinking as we closed out the spring? I know you got you and Aaron covered some of this. Uh, on the yeah. nightcap, the night of the spring game, you and I have not had these discussions yet. Uh, let's see. I it's it felt in the granted they didn't start it. Uh, you know, they said it was going to start at noon. It obviously didn't start at noon, but I think it was over at like two fifteen. It it went very briskly, which has kind of been the theme for Satterfield yes. throughout. Yeah. Like they don't waste any. There's no wasted motion. I guess is a good way to put it. I I appreciated it. Uh, so I had monster trucks to get to. So yeah, you know, were the monster trucks? Oh, they were loud. Yeah, <laughs> monsters are loud. Uh, that's that's part of yeah. being a monster. Yeah, but uh, no, I think I you know, and Aaron and I talked about it, and I you know, uh, I don't even remember what we talked about at this point, but I think I was pleasantly surprised with the offense. I you know, admittedly, I. I went into the spring game not expecting a ton. You know, I, I had concerns on uh, how many touchdowns they would score on like full field drills, not, you know, working inside the red zone or stuff like that. And they had several. Right. And none of them were off of big runs. I guess that's the other surprising thing was that the the running game, I don't, I wouldn't call it bad, but it wasn't explosive. There weren't any... 40, 50, you know, any huge chunk plays any in, home runs. in the run game. So, um, I mean, the defense kind of did what I expected. You know, only one interception 
in a spring game is, is fairly low as well when you have 100, and, 100 plays, 125 plays, something in that range. That could it wasn't Jordan Young. Shocking. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, looking at it more big picture, not so much about, like, what happened in that game. I mean, I know Coach talked about, you know, the running backs and running back by committee. I think that's a position I'm just interested in because I think it is pretty deep. And I just think it's going to come down to, you know, who acclimates themselves to the offense the quickest and who has that vision. Because before, the previous run, whatever, it was kind of just like banging your head against a wall. This you're going to have to be able to – Read the def- read the offensive linemen, read the defense, and and ha- who who has that vision to know when to kind of cut, you know, when to keep stretching it out, when to cut it up, when to you know those type of plays. So I think the vision and feel and and nuance to being a running back in this offense, I think, is greater than than it has been in the past. So. It'll be interesting to see who kind of takes takes that bull by the horns and and solidifies themselves in the spring in the fall because I don't think anybody really necessarily separated themselves in the spring to say like but in a good I, way. I, right oh I'm not right it wasn't that everybody was bad I just don't think that there was anybody that was like you I showed you that you need to give me whatever the number is fifteen twenty carries a game you you did have a lot of guys that had really good springs though like yeah. pretty much miles uh Corey was was solid monty when once he got healthy and got rolling he was good i thought ethan wright had a really good uh spring mandy covey still needs to add some pounds but he had a couple runs Stephen bird looked like he could be like you know, kind of one of those in between the tackles. Like, it, it's funny because this offense, it's backwards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the between the tackles guys, you're change of pace guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, your main guys are trying to get to the outside, make a cut, and go. And, yeah. you know, your change of pace is the – three yards in a cloud of dust, get the first down type. Right. Your change of pace is third and one instead of like third and seven being your change of pace. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, Barry Jackson, again, I mean, I know it's been talked about, but he was impressive. The practice I was at, he was impressive Saturday. I mean, I don't think there's any way given the circumstances unless – they change greatly, and I'm sure they will. They're going to try to add bodies, but, you know, he's already got a leg up on those guys. He's yeah. been here. He understands the offense, and he's performed. Like it's- And he's come on. I mean, like, he improved drastically over the back half of the spring. Yeah. He, he was kind of just a guy. Like, you know how freshmen are. They're learning. They're, their head is spinning. Oh, yeah. Uh, but over the final four or five practices, he was consistently like, okay, like this kid's starting to to get it and and starting to make an impact every day. And then, like you guys said, apparently he had 
had a fantastic spring game. Yeah, I was he was good. Sterling Sterling Burkhalter was good at the wide receiver spot. They definitely, you know, threw the ball to the tight end a decent amount in the in the in the scrimmage. Um, I don't know. It's hard to, you know, you Aaron and I talked about it. You guys touched on it a ton Monday. I'm trying not to be uber redundant and and say things that have basically sure. already been said. Um, def- defensively, like I, I still think they're going to be pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm, can, I'm, you know, Greshik hopefully is that guy that he was and more uh, last year. I still have some concern. You know, Jamal Williams, I definitely want to give some credit to. He played very well. He almost had two interceptions. Uh, had one, almost had a second. I shouldn't say almost had two. That makes it sound like he didn't have any. Um, right. But I'm. They still, to me, like you look at Louisville last year, and they've got two guys, Yaya Diaby, and then can't the the other guy's name. I'm not gonna uh, remember. <laughs> but they have two guys that are kind of in that that took advantage of that defense last year that are now, I mean, Diaby is probably a, a day two pick. The other guys, like we still, I'm still waiting to see who, who can we count on to, to be the rush guy? Who can we count on to? You don't think it'll be Greshik? Yeah. Well, him and who else? Okay. That's my, that's my question. It's him and who else? Yeah. Um, just because yes, you can blitz and you can and send these pressure packages, but you also do need to be able to to create pressure with whatever kind of your base defense is, or else you're gonna get picked apart because teams will I mean teams will start, you know, calling plays and doing what they need to do, knowing when you're you know, unless you're just gonna do that every single play. And I don't yeah. think they'll do that. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is even a little bit much for me. Um, but who's that, what guy? Was the that old, guy? What was the old saying when he got here? Third and Tenuta. Third and Tenuta, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the blitz is coming. Third and Tenuta. It didn't matter. I remember that Virginia was beating Notre Dame. And it was like fourth and like fourth and 15 plus. And he just sent the house. And they just threw it right over their head for like a game winning touch. It's like, what? You don't have to blitz on every play. <laughs> um, well, wait, I, I here's something interesting for you, Dave. We'll we'll get to learn more about that next week on this show. Oh, we will. Nice. Yeah. Defensive coordinator Brian Brown. That's what we in the us. industry like to call a tease. You want another tease? Sure. I was I was texting with a friend last night. Yeah. And that friend, who just might be one half of the biggest sports podcast on the planet, said he will join us this summer. Here. What the fuck was that? I don't know. You just stole my thunder a little bit. I'm sorry. It sounded like a bomb went off outside my house or inside my house. I don't know. One half of the biggest sports podcast on the planet 
has agreed to come on at some point this summer. Well, one half. Or guess we'll find out which half that is. I mean, it's easy which half. <laughs> it's easy which half. The other half doesn't answer his phone. And it's probably, well, it might not be the one you think. I, I was mean, joking with, I was joking e- with Jason. When you say the easy part, then I would have guessed one thing. But when you say it doesn't answer his phone, then now I'm guessing another part. Jason, like, I texted Jason regularly. Travis is, like, like Travis doesn't return texts. Oh, I figured Jason didn't. I For a long, like, for the long time, he didn't. I guess now that he's, like, uh, you know, an internet celebrity, yeah, he's on his phone a lot more. But I joked with him, uh, if you watched the live nightcap last night, I joked with them. They, they had, um, they had talked during the season about having sauce on. Yeah. So I sent Jason sauce's number, just said, Hey, you know, here's how you can get in touch with them. So last night I texted him and I was like, look, I don't know if I had anything to do with it or not, but I'm taking credit for you guys having sauce on. And he was like, yeah, you should. Yeah, and he was laughing, and I was like, and, you know, we're just going to have to live vicariously through the show that they posted today because you you three are too big time to join our little old podcast. And he said, I'll come on. And I said, I'm going to hold you to that. Like, <laughs> you're going to come on if you tell me you're going to come on. So at some point between now and, you know, training camp, uh, Jason Kelsey will be on this podcast. All right. Well, I'm, I'm I can't pretty wait. excited about that. Pretty excited. I'm, I'm excited about Martin, Brian Brown next week, too. Yes. But when we do those shows, I just turn it over to you and let you talk ball. <laughs> right, right. Um, let's see. What else? Anything else from the spring game? It's a solid uh, crowd. Jamal Williams. What did you think of Jamal Williams? He was good. Talked but... about having that second, that second guy. Yeah, I mean, I think – I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Like, he seems to – have the potential to be that person. I, I just sure. don't know how much, how much pure pass rush we're going to get, even in a new scheme. Like we kind of know what Malik, Jawan, Dante do. Well, yeah, this is a look, Dave. I, I said this. I've said this, and, I, and now you've seen it a couple times. I'm interested in your thoughts. This is almost old school, traditional three four. Yes, I mean it is. They, they move the pieces around a little bit different. They call them a little bit different things. Yeah, they name them different, but ultimately it's three run-stopping, big physical down linemen, including a massive, like, you know, unmovable yeah. nose tackle, and then a pass-rushing linebacker on the weak side and a strong side linebacker that can cover, that can blitz, that can, you know, do a lot of different things, and then a couple big physical middle linebackers yeah. that – I mean, have different like it's a three-four in the old in the traditional three-four old school three-four that we know it to be. Like your two outside linebackers are basically the guys that get the sacks. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get some from your middle guys if you you know when the when they do some stunts and and do some zone blitzing and stuff like that. But yeah, traditionally your big sack pressure numbers come from the two outside guys. Yeah. So, so it'll be interesting. So that's, that's, to me, just watching it, like I'm not as worried in this defense about one of the three down linemen being an upfield, like a dominant right. upfield guy, sure. because I just feel like in this defense, they're they're there 
stop the run game and occupy a whole lot of space so that blitzers can just fly in from all yeah. over the place. Mm-hmm. That's just my take on what I've seen. Yep, I agree. I mean, I don't think it's like I don't know, maybe you do. I don't I don't think it's like a Pittsburgh three four. It kind of reminds me of like a Belichick, like a New England three four. I, I know. I mean I'd have to watch it a lot more to I mean Yeah, I, that's fair. I watched the bowl game and that's not, I don't think that's a great representation of 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 it just because I think they understood what they could do. Yeah. So it was like you know, in the truest sense or in a traditional sense of from a week in and week out base. I did uh I did the other night. I have a insomnia sometimes and I was up at like three and caught some of the Wake Forest Louisville game from last year where where Wake Forest turned the ball over on the first five possessions of the second half. <laughs> yeah. And Louisville scored like forty two points in the third quarter. And I don't even know if that's a great representation either because, like, it was just dudes around the end, strip sack, recovery, 20 yards, touchdown, you know. So, I mean, they were certain – they're certainly going to bring it, and they're certainly going to bring it from from all angles. I just think it, it helps and will be important to find kind of that, you know, does that person – uh, show themselves that you can truly count on to to also be, you know, a pass rusher that could threaten, you know, threaten right. double digit sacks. Yeah, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna get to the sack numbers, and and that might be an outlier with what Louisville did last year, but you're not gonna get to the sack numbers like that with a bunch of guys getting five. Right. Unless it's everybody. Well, yeah, but that's that's unrealistic. <laughs> ten, ten guys with five sacks? Yeah. You don't think that's realistic? Okay. <laughs> not, on, not on this roster unless somebody does something that I'm totally not expecting. Yeah. Um, Don, we'll, we'll get to the transfer portal and commitments and all that stuff here, here shortly. Uh, quarterbacks. What were your thoughts on the quarterbacks? Uh, I mean, Emery had a had a really nice drive. Brady had a very nice throw. Um, you know, they didn't they threw one interception, had one strip sack that I'm not even necessarily gonna pin on Ben on the first play. Greshik got around there fairly easily. Um, yeah, I thought they were. You know, again, I thought they were. I don't want to use the word fine. That makes I feel like that's like a throwaway. Makes it seem like sure. that makes it seem like they were bad. They certainly weren't bad. I'm not sure. I there was a ton of wow, but again, it's like Emery didn't run. He's not getting hit. Um, yeah, you know, and it's also tough as you're watching the the scrimmage. You're talking to people. You're watching the scrimmage like you're not really paying attention too closely to like what other players are going in and out. So while the quarterbacks and the receivers might be one thing because they're so short at receiver, you don't I mean it's tough to tell who's playing on the line. It's tough to tell who's playing based on where you're maybe standing for us, you know, being on the field, it's tough to tell who's come in and out on defense. So like, 
you know, one drive might have been great, but it was against a bunch of backups or something. It's, it's just tough to say. Um, but I thought they, you know, I thought Emery, Ben, and uh, Brady Jogish all, you know, played pretty well. Um, they all had drives that resulted in touchdowns at the very end of the scrimmage. They, the offense clearly won. I, they went four for four on uh, kind of your short red zone starting around the nine or ten uh, with three touchdown passes. So, you know, they they probably scored, you know, if you have the Barry Jackson touchdown, you have uh, the one to the backup tight end, you have the one to Jair Thomas, you have the Peyton. So they probably scored eight touchdowns, all told, eight, eight, nine touchdowns. So, yeah. Considering how much they kind of struggled throughout the spring to move the ball. Right. Uh, encouraging to see them, you know, be able to string some scores together. And there wasn't anything like—I mean, they had the one long pass, and it—it might have been a touchdown too, but it—I couldn't tell. It was the very—it was the far, you know, we were in the in one corner, and it was the total opposite corner. So I didn't—I didn't couldn't tell if he scored or not. They got called back, but it wasn't like either any of these touchdowns were five-yard touchdowns that were set up by like one big play where it was a busted coverage or a missed tackle or something. They were either set up specifically for a drill, you know, or they were at the end of a sustained drive. So I guess here's like the ultimate question. Do you feel better about this roster coming out of the spring than you felt going into it? Yes. Um, I do for a couple of reasons. I feel better about where the offensive line is. Uh, they, I thought they were, they were, they run block really well so far and that's without Kandra back yet. Yeah. I mean, they gave up, they would have given up, you know, several sacks, but again, it's 125 plays. Some of that might've been the threes. So it's like, right. you know, um, I thought they played, I'm still concerned about the overall depth and sure. And, you know, just the week in, week out of the Big 12. Um, you know, I think, you know, Emery's performance leaves you wanting a lot more and being like, where was that most of the spring? Um, but that's still, it's still encouraging the in the game situation against, you know, first slash second string defenders. He played well. Um, I think Ben's put them in a tough spot coming back from an injury that normally takes four to six months. Yeah. Like when you're bringing in Emory Jones or any other quarterback, you're probably doing it under the expectation that this other guy isn't going to really see the field until after spring practice. Yeah. I mean, like we thought the reality was we felt there was a good chance that Ben would be doing like some one-on-one and seven-on-seven throwing, but there was literally, and and this is from talking to Ben, like in January, uh, seeing him on campus, there was no expectation from even him that he was going to be able to be live by the spring game. That just didn't seem possible, you know, Four months well, ago, and there he was. Really not because that's not, yeah. not. That's really. I mean, that's really no diagnosis of that recovery time would lead anyone to believe that that was going to be 
something attainable. So I think, you know, we've talked the receiver thing forever. I mean, I think you have a couple guys that can be solid starters for you. You have a couple guys that you hope to continue to develop, but, you know, by no means, I, you know, I don't see like a, you know, if we're just going off of the last couple of years, I don't, and not the, not the receiver in the sense of like body or style or anything. I'm just talking about role. Like I don't see a a Tyler Scott. I don't see an Alec Pierce. Which I don't. To be fair. To be fair. One's early second round pick. The other one probably going to be a day two pick. But I just mean, I just mean in like their role for the team. I know, but I'm saying we're, we're, those are lofty, uh, names to to say I don't see one of those because guess what? Prior yeah, to I mean, Alec Pierce and Tyler Scott, there when was the last day two or day one wide receiver on this roster? That's that's not what I'm saying. <sighs> I'm just saying who's the guy that you're like? This is our bona fide, definite number one. Go. Okay, I mean he he didn't. Yeah, yeah, quiet spring game, but he, he was loud all spring when he when he didn't. Right. Yeah, he was out because he landed on his ass real hard and missed a right. week. Um, but th- that would be that like that's the one guy that looks different than the others. Um, but I, I agree on the rest. Like, th- there's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see where that room goes. And I don't know if that nec- and. I don't know if that necessarily gets that person. I mean, the real reality of that that person's probably not in the spring portal. Um, you're probably just building depth and adding more like ex- viable options, which can elevate the room as a whole. Anyway, like this room, yeah. for as nice as he was and as some steps that he took, like Barry Jackson can't be your three if you want to have a successful offensive season, like he can be your six, uh, but, but, but you need some more dudes that have done it, you know, whether it's only one year, whether it's two years and they've got 30 career catches and two, t- like the, just, we need more volume of guys that have seen a college defense, understand route, truly understand route concepts. Um, you know, all of those things that go into gaining experience, like they just need more of those guys. And if Barry Jackson keeps going and going and he, bec- and he moves into that, that world, then great. Um, but I'm not sure you want to be counting on that because you would be counting, you're counting on him as things stand right now. Right. You are. I mean, it's him and Leslie Ando in the slot. And, and Leslie Endo had a good, a good spring, but right. But let's keep our expectations in line with right. reality. Like, right. because you had a, a nice spring, on with no on other option has really. eight. You're the one of the only two. Sp- right. Yeah. Unless you were awful, you would have had a nice spring because there would have been no one else to be better than you. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Precisely. So. so, I mean, those those are kind of, I mean, I, 
my overall kind of you know and it's still early because they are going to add some pieces in the portal and and it does take time to understand what you're doing especially offensively um with a totally different scheme for the returning guys I don't think my overall like expectations really changed. I do. I just feel, I mean, I feel a little bit better about the offense, but it's still going to come down to quarterback play and what happens with the offensive line and wide receivers. Like I feel good that they're going to be able to run block fairly well. They're going to be able to run the ball fairly well, but what kind of play do we get from who's the quarterback and what happens at wide receiver? Yeah. All important all important uh, parts as things uh, come into play, for sure. Um, I don't know. That's about a – should call him the mayor. Why should – Barry Jackson? Am I missing a joke there? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> oh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. That's what he's getting at, I think. Oh. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you, brother. Um. Let's get to the uh, the ins and outs of the spring. Um, the ins and outs. Well, there's been some outs, and there hasn't been any ins yet. Oh, I mean, they've had five commitments in the past. Oh, I thought you meant for this, like, team coming in. These guys aren't on this team. So no, not know. yet. Well, I mean, the portals, like, you're not going to see anybody committing quite yet. The thing just opened up on Saturday. Yeah, there's been a couple guys, but they were in the portal already. Well, and when those happened, those were done before they entered the portal. Like Baylor, Baylor just got a defensive end tonight. It's a it's a good ad, but he was in the portal previous. He didn't just jo- jump yeah. in on Saturday, right? So that's it's going to take a little bit of time before we figure out uh, what the direction is in terms of of portal additions. But uh, on the outs, uh, since we last convened uh i got it Tom. i got you i was thinking of a barry connection i was like i don't uh, barry the mayor like sean casey was the mayor uh <laughs> um Jaheim thomas goes in a pretty big loss especially for depth at linebacker um i have not talked spoken to Jaheim since he's gone in I, I wonder how much of that is – it's tough for those guys, man, that he missed the entire spring with a back injury. I, I don't know where in that first unit he fit. I mean, I think they feel pretty confident with Dorian Jones and Jack Dingle uh, in the middle and Greshik and Jamal Williams and, you know uh, – Tyler Gillison seemed to be kind of uh, comfortable in that dog position. So, I mean, I I wonder if that was just a matter of like, okay, like I'll I'll be back from this back injury, but where do I fit when I come back? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's tough. I mean, where do you fit in? Um, you know, did you did you get past? Did you did you just not fit into the the scheme, so to speak? Like, you know, I think in this new scheme, he was kind of a tweener. Um, yeah, I mean, I I imagine they listed him as an outside linebacker. I imagine 
he would have been in that, you know, stand up weak side linebacker rush end, yeah. like whatever you want to call it. I would guess that's where he would have been. Uh, and they seem pretty happy with, with Gresham right there. Yeah. So like if you, you know, you played a lot last year, if you're possibly going to be a, res- a more reserve role this year, I don't I mean, even a one B, even if you're just a one B, like I can see where you're like, I didn't, you know, I didn't sign up for this kind of. Yeah, for sure. So look, there, there's no, um, there's no downplaying here. It's a, it's a significant decision, but I think it's, it, it comes at a place that they already feel pretty good. You know, the, the, like, where would we be concerned? Like, if, if Shaman, as thin as they already all are, are at tight end, if even a Peyton Singletary, like, one of those guys that, that you're going to have to count on at tight end enters the portal, I think maybe maybe you don't hit the panic button, but you got your hand, like, on it. Ooh. Linebacker, yeah, it, it impacts the depth, and you hate to lose a guy. That had 70 tackles last year and was third on the team. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it makes a major dent on what the front of this roster looks like, at least uh, according to what the spring looked like. Right. I agree. Um, but I love Jaheim. He was a great kid. Uh, I enjoyed talking to him. Always friendly. Um, always, you know, always had a smile on his face. So, not having him in the program is yeah, definitely... I, I was looking forward to seeing him in the defense. Now, I, yeah. you know, I don't know if, you know, we're not privy to a lot. So who, who knows, you know, how that transit, but it just seemed to me I'm from a way outside perspective that, that he, he had could, a role that he could have a role and, and flourish in this, in this style. Um, but you know, such is the portal, man. It's and look, I think right now 24-7's got him as the number seven transfer in the country. Like Seems he's gonna have good. he's gonna have lots of options. So more power to him. Oh yeah. I mean, anymore, like as long as the guy isn't a problem, uh if he gives you what he's got. And at some point before his career is over, he enters the portal. You just kind of tip your cap because mm-hmm. that's just—it's just how things go anymore. Um, a couple of defensive backs also enter as well. The main one being Armorian Smith, uh, who missed another guy that missed, and I think all of these guys. Jonah Lido didn't, but the other three guys missed most, if not all, of the spring. Um, Armorian was not out there for a couple different reasons. I was excited about Armorian. I, I love a kid that can hit like Armorian hits. But honestly, if we're we're talking about what happened while he was out, uh, BJ Taylor kind of jumped up and and looked like he was going to be a main guy at that safety spot. You got a good look at Taj Ward back there. He played well. Uh, Brian Threats is is going to be a starter. Um, the, the part where maybe you know you 
you start to get concerned depth wise is, is at safety. Uh, Jack Dingle broke his neck. So you would assume we probably won't see him this year. If we do, it'll, it won't be for a while. Uh, Isaiah Cox, I thought had a, a, a little bit of a better swing to elevate his name into that mix, but you don't have a ton of options right now at safety. And I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if we see, you know, somebody in that room added here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, that would, would not surprise me at all. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's just, I think it makes when, you, when, when there is a coaching change and you miss the bulk or all of the spring practice, like, I mean, these are two guys that and, were in the same boat. And the, and the transfer portal is a thing now. Like, if they, yeah. if this, if a new staff brought somebody in at your position or at a similar position, and they try him out at a position because you're hurt, and that guy does well, and you're not there, like, you know, they, they, they didn't bring you in. Like, they're gonna go with the guy that. That they thought was, you know, that they needed to bring in. So it's just kind of how it goes. I mean, I think Coach Satterfield. I mean, he's been pretty blunt about it. You know, talking about having meetings with everybody and laying out expectations, and then that's on. That's up to you. Then, no more times than not. Right. You know what your, uh, what is, what is okay with you, but. I mean, it's 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 a totally different defense. It's a totally different coaching staff. Like, there's and especially now that you can you know freely move. Like, there's always going to be a bunch of movement. I mean, you look around the country and there's some other programs and that did not have coaching changes. I mean, I know, and it's not all apples to apples, but like. Texas A&M has had 26 scholarship players enter the, enter the portal since December. Right. You know, so it's just the way of the sport right now. And it, it gets amplified when, uh, when you have a coaching change. Yep, for sure. So uh, the other two, Malik Rainey, I liked what I saw from him when he first got here. Kind of never moved his way up the depth chart. And then Jonah Lytle uh, never really got off the ground. So uh, it hurts depth in that corner room. But, you know, not to disrespect either of those guys, but if there wasn't a chance that they could see the field or they hadn't had a chance to move up the roster going into year three or whatever, like, that's about the breaking point, right? In in this new world, Dave. If you go through two years and you make it to your third, you know, going into the the third year through the spring, and you're not on the two deep, I don't know what to tell you. It, it's probably time for both sides to go in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you're not on the two deep. With the old staff, and a new and a new staff comes in, like 
And you're still not on too deep after the spring? Good good luck. I mean it's probably best for both sides. Yeah. That's that's just, you know. It is what and, it is. And it's and I'm and I think it's great for them. Like you know, before if that happened, you're just and you're either sticking it out and burning another year. Yeah. Or you're transferring and you're sitting out. Right. Like, and that's not, that wouldn't be, that's not right either. Right. Uh, football recruiting. There's been a couple commits. In the last, what, three days, we have seen the highest rated recruit in the composite in UC history, Qua. I think Qua. Clay Qua. Clay Qua. Birdsong, who is uh, in the composite, I'm just going to call him Birdman. Birdman, yeah. That's, that's one of my uh, 172 nationally in the composite, the number 16 linebacker in the country, the number 26 player in the state of Georgia, which I love your new uh, thing that you talk about where uh, you take players from a state like Georgia and number 26 in Georgia is equivalent to what, number seven you said in Ohio? Uh-oh. Yeah, seven in Georgia and seventh in, in the Ohio. You're uh you're freezing up on us here right now. Yeah, I know. My it's not my VPN, my internet sucks right now. Okay, no worries. Uh poor, so, poor so he's in the connection is unstable. <laughs> 6'2", 195, if you look at him, he's got a nice frame to where, you know, he, he reminds, you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of a Marcus Freeman guy where he's in that range where he could grow into a lot of different things. He, he could be, a, a, you know, what they call the star position where he plays in coverage. If he bulks up, he can play in the middle. If he gets real big, he can play at the, the dog position, rushing the passer. Um, just a lot of different ways you could see this kid developing. And for me, that's always, you know, that, that versatility of let's, let's see what he becomes uh, working in your favor. And I think that's what you get with this kid. For sure. I mean, he's a speed player right now and, and, you know, who knows what happening guys develop and, you know, if you do a linebacker to a defensive end. So, I mean, who who knows? But he seems like he you know fits in that in that star or some sort of edge presence, you know, line outside linebacker, get him up to two fifteen, two twenty, something like that. I mean, if his one ninety five number is pretty accurate, I mean, is he does he really have the frame to get to a much bigger, a ton bigger? Who knows? I mean, there's whatever seventeen, sixteen right. years old, um, but he, you know. It, it's a speed. It's a speed element that they're gonna just try to, you know, keep him on board, get him signed, and then and then figure it out. I mean, you never know. Uh, These dudes are just like on a totally different level though anymore. Yeah, like the way they like the the come in as developed as they are, and with some of the the speed numbers and and everything that they they put up, it's it's hilarious to me. Gavin Grover, uh, three days ago, four days ago, whatever it is, uh, was one of the first ones of this uh, rush 
to get in the fold, 6-6-220, beat out, what, Kentucky and West Virginia, um, kind of in the mold of, of what we've seen, have a lot of success here in terms of size uh, at tight end, and a kid that did his homework because he talked after his commitment about, you know, Cincinnati's a place that has churned out a lot of great tight ends, and I kind of want to be a part of that. Yeah, it's definitely been interesting because it's um, it's it's kind of independent of who the coaches are, right? You know, it's it's not just like a, oh, this head coach or this tight end coach been there forever and he's got a lot of tight and he's put a lot of tight ends in the draft. Like UC has just been blessed with uh, a lot of productive tight ends. So yeah, I mean, if if those numbers are real and he's a junior at Six six two twenty. Like that's that's that's, a, that's, that's a, pretty good. That's a fun uh, a fun weapon to to play with and see uh, and see what he can become for sure. I've got the two twenty down, just not quite the six six. I'd like to get the. I'd like to have the two twenty down. <laughs> take take a little work. If not it'll have to wait until after you get back from Vegas. Yes. Oh no. I'm gonna start my start summer conditioning in vegas yeah don't fear no you're taking a weekend off he gets upset when when guys get days off <laughs> <laughs> and then he was joined by dakari anderson uh on the 16th uh 5-8 i would assume slot receiver uh from down in georgia the number six they're the number 85 player in georgia uh, which is what still like top thirty something in Ohio. Yeah, I think right? he was like twenty three to twenty five. Yeah, he's he's uh, interesting. Fast. He well, is yeah, fast. I mean, he's and that's the same thing with the with Kale Woodburn that committed today. Like there is a a dearth of speed on this roster overall, not just yeah. at wide receiver position that they really need to uh, increase. But like it was interesting watching his tape because. He, I'm yes, he's pro, more than likely a slot guy for us in college or wherever he goes to college. But they lined him up everywhere. I give a lot of credit to their offensive coaches. Uh, they were pretty innovative, using a lot of college and pro concepts. They had him outside. They had him in the slot. They had him in the backfield. They had him as an H back almost, like yeah. behind the tight end. Like they used him a lot. Threw him the ball out of the backfield, threw him the ball out of the H-back role. Like, not a lot of gadget plays with him on this tape. It was real-ass routes from all the positions and, you know, a guy that seems to be pretty developed in just playing wide receiver. And I'm, I'm not going to assume that he's going to really ever go outside the numbers at the college level. Sure. But... But when you learn the spatial awareness and you understand angles and you you understand positioning and, and things like that for the entire field, I think it just makes you a way better player and a way more advanced player um, when you get when you do get to college. Yeah, and this is an offense that's gonna use those gimmick guys. Like the gadget, not gimmick. I gadget is probably a better word. The jet sweeps, the the tosses, the tunnel screens. Like they they like doing a lot of that stuff in this offense 
because this offense is about stretching the field and, and keeping the defense spread out. And the more guys you can get – now, I'm not saying you want to have five of them on your roster, but, like, I don't know. I don't think Barry Jackson is, like, a, like a little tiny, shifty slot receiver. I don't no, he's a – he's a, he's a – I mean, the slot – there's a – the – the old, I mean, we'll call it old school slot yeah. isn't even a thing anymore. You got power slot. I mean, Tyler Boyd's a power slot. Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State going into the draft this year was the Fred Blitnikoff winner last year. He's a power slot. Like, 5A. I think Tyler Scott's a slot receiver in the NFL. Tyler Scott is a slot that can also play outside. Like, you know. We, we bemoaned the fact that Trey Tucker didn't get enough of the quote unquote yeah I did I did I'm just saying we as we as fans okay like did didn't get the ball in his hand as much as much as I would have liked um in just whatever various ways that you can do that so thank you (laughs) um I just was making sure you didn't have a mouse in your pocket who me yeah why would I have a mouse in my pocket you said we I was figuring oh. out who we was. Oh, we, the collective. You and, your, you and the mouse in your pocket. Bear, Bearcat Nation. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, you and Aaron. <laughs> and 20,000 other people. Um, <laughs> but yes, I think, you know, those, they need, I you know, yes, Barry Jackson can play slot. I'm not sure he is a, is a slot in the old world, we'll call it the old world sense. Um, but even if he is, okay, so now you got next year, you got four <laughs> and one, and one's a walk on, like, it's still not enough. Right. Because these guys and K- Woodburn's the same, like they can kind of play everywhere and they're not necessarily going to do that. You're going to get your, you're going to try to get your six, one, six, two D Wiggins, Donovan Ali, Alec Pierce's, you know. Sure. This staff has shown they like big outside wide receivers. They're just look, I'm, I'm going to let you speak on this because you've you've posted about it. Not enough speed on this roster. There's not enough speed on this roster, period, let alone at wide receiver. Like, you know, if they want to add a, some more dudes, I don't really care what they look like as long as they're fast as shit because there's just, especially going into the next year, like D. Wiggins and Donovan Ali are gone after this year, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I feel I feel like who knows? You know, who knows? I don't know. But either either way, like they could have four years left, they could have no years left. I don't know. They just need wide receivers. And I'm sure they're yeah. not gonna add ten, you know, five nine guys. Uh so they uh I'm totally cool with, with the way that this has started because they need speed these guys have sh- have at least shown me in a very, very little bit that I've checked out of them that they are more than just like the quickest guy on the field. And we're only going to run screens and reverses and stuff like that with them. They're, they're much more advanced than, than that. Um, I, the other thing you love to see is guys that are so fast that the camera keep, can't keep up with them in their high school games. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they might need better cameramen, but yes, 
They're uh, on both of their their videos. They have just plays where you can't even. They just outrun the camera guy. Uh, Natalie says Dave speaks on behalf of many. I'm the voice of the people, Natalie. And Tonk says, according to On Three, and I'll just tell you, Tonk, if we wanted to be associated with On Three, I'd have moved the network to, to, to On Three. Who is Helton? Uh, Keyshawn. Like they, that that thing is not real, Tonk. That's that is like, like a, oh, we're talking about like the value. Yeah, yeah, that is that, not real. That has nothing they, to do with how much money they got. How would they possibly know that? They don't. Right. They just know he came from Florida State, so he must have been expensive. <laughs> hypothetically, how would you know Come that on, for every Come player on, that enters the portal? Yeah, that's if I thought all that. Like, I love Shannon Terry. The stuff that they're doing now is the most clickbait, silly shit I've ever seen. Like the NIL tracker and like they have a crystal ball, but it's not really a crystal ball. It just is like um, like an algorithm of uh, a kid visits somewhere. So oh, it gets it? a lot of hype yeah, from that the, school. Like the Estrada one that he was – Crystal ball yeah. to Old Miss, and then but right. he never even like visited Old Miss. Right. And then when he came here, it was all, wasn't it? Now he's Crystal Ball. Now it's like ninety-seven percent Cincinnati, and <laughs> like that stuff. There's no substance to it. It's just for show. It's just for clicks. Uh, Tonk, you owe whatever Helton's worth on on three was to BCJ for that comment. I, I agree. Okay. <laughs> but like just be careful when you're looking at stuff like that to understand a lot of it is just created to get you to click on it because everybody wants to see their school mentioned or you know it, it is an algorithm that is looking to uh abuse not abuse but like take advantage of your curiosity as a fan that's the whole reason that those things are there. There's no actual substance to any of it. BCJ equals the truth. Uh, thank you, fake John Goble. I, I was just, we try really hard to be honest with you guys. Like, it, it's, it apparently is a lot more rare in this industry than I would like to believe. I just don't but, have time. I don't have time to generate nonsense. <laughs> right. Well, that too. That's a part of it as well. But I don't have the patience to like put out some bullshit and then deal with the repercussions of putting out bullshit. Right. And half the time, the stuff that I put out, like when you're being honest, is stuff that nobody wants to hear. And then they get pissed off at me because I just put out the truth of something that, you know, like I'm not expecting this kid to come to UC. And then I deal with, you know, the next six hours and 175 posts on the topic people losing their shit um, let not said anything let's not throw my football people into this conversation <laughs> don't sully the good names of the carson field board <laughs> i want to i wanted to have someone make what was that i don't even know if it's a gif it's that image you see on Twitter where it's like they're riding in the bus and the one person's looking out the one window and it's all sunny <laughs> and then the other person I wanted to, I want someone to make that for me where it says like Carson Field Board and that person's just looking out and it's all sunshine everything's, everything's great and delightful yeah and then the other one is just you know it's raining side Jocker court yeah 
Yeah. I love it. Don't drag my people into this. All right. Well, we uh, let's see who else then. So then, what this morning or early this afternoon? You had Simeon Coleman, linebacker, St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, same school as uh, Brian Sims, who's a freshman. He actually went to Dematha before he transferred to St. Francis. Uh, quick note. Quick note on that. Yes. I thought Brian Sims looked really good. Dude. Freaking jacked. Yeah. Like, for a true freshman early enrollee, Brian Sims caught my attention. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. For sure. Um, mine is mine as well. Uh, but Coleman, the thing that jumps off the screen to me with him is he is a middle linebacker thumper true and through and through. I think first clip of his huddle, he just freaking just decletes a guy. Um, so he, you know, he's going to add some weight obviously, but, but he's your inside the box, shut down the run, take on the guards, um, you know, interior, interior linebacker thumper, right, Dave? That's what we call them. Thumpers. Well, he's a thumper. All right. Any idea what kind of ranking Woodburn would get? Um, Uh, no, not really. Not yet. I know this. My guy Tom Loy uh, is familiar with the kid and think it was a big get for Cincinnati. Tom Loy runs the Notre Dame side. He helps on the national side uh, at a lot of these camps and combines and seven-on-seven events. Uh, if Tom Loy is high on him, then I'm pretty high on him because Tom usually doesn't throw out superlatives unless they carry some merit. Right, like he's not commenting on – a kid that committed to non Notre Dame, you know, very often, unless right. he he's seen him or heard of, you know, um, I think you know to go deeper into that, the ranking. Some of, I mean, what I don't know what they how they come up with them, but I know some of it has to do with like projections to the NFL, which part of me thinks is dumb. Part of it, yes, because they're seventeen, sixteen, seventeen years old. So how the hell can you possibly know? But. In this case, like a 5'8 guy, he's going to get dinged strictly because of that because, you know, there's not a ton of those guys in the NFL. So he might be an exceptional high school player and he might be an exceptional college player, but at least some portion of the evaluation process is a projection. So, I mean, purely guessing, I would say maybe a little bit higher than Dakari Anderson. Like I don't, I don't know, but I mean, I, I think, I think you know, something right in that realm of like top one hundred ish receiver in the country. Yeah, like what 86, 87. 80, 87, 87, yeah, said eighty seven five something. I mean, I we're literally guessing, but yeah. I, I just I, – I think more importantly than rating, you are dealing with a roster right now that needs speed mm-hmm. in a major way. And I think it's pretty clear the, the scouting staff has been advised to go find some uh, as much as they can. 
And uh, I think they have done a pretty good job of that with these two receivers. Yes. Uh, and then we'll see what happens tomorrow. I don't know if I've watched. I think I watched a little bit of what. Uh, well, is it tomorrow or Friday? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Some, I don't someone know. might need a, an updated calendar. Um, Apparently, when it comes to 420 day, things get a little. Yeah, Friday, April 20th is not a thing. No, it is not. But uh, I don't know if I've watched. I know I've watched a good bit of Dakari's tape. I can't. There's been so much. Woodburn looks pretty similar. Like, I don't know if I've watched it, but yes, yeah, so I think I watched a little, a few clips at the beginning, and he was just running past people. Um, you know, their levels are, you know, four, five A, which is kind of like seven A is the biggest in Georgia. So like middle of the pack, yeah. They're like Division two, II, Division three ish types. You know, the way we look at it. Um, but that's still like Houston County. Warner Robins, like, that's a, a pretty developed area now. Houston County's got an offensive lineman that UC's after, I'm sure. Adding Woodburn doesn't hurt. I'm sure adding Anderson doesn't hurt. Perry is just a little south of Warner Robins. So, in all likelihood, his name is Khalil House, which is a great offensive lineman name. Yes. Um, Phenomenal. I'm, I'm sure adding. Birdsong doesn't hurt. Like, I know everybody wants to recruit Ohio, and I do too, but like, the 2024 class isn't that great, and a lot of the best players are already committed to Michigan or Ohio State. Um, and if you just look at demographics and population movement, like, Georgia is booming out of control. So, like we said earlier, if you can get, you know, the you know, what is it? The 26th best player in the state of Georgia. It's like a top 10 guy in Ohio. And there's other elements that go into that. And are guys potentially more at risk to transfer? Are they more at risk to decommit? Of course they are. Um, but, you know, if you want to go where the players are, where you have the connections. And, and I don't think by any stretch that they're ignoring Ohio. Like, I mean, you have... Two out, got, of seven, uh, yeah. two out of seven guys are committed or from Ohio. I know that we know they're recruiting several others, but you also can't waste your time and you got to go where you can, where you know you have guys that you can get. And I think this staff is going to be super strong in Georgia and strong in South Carolina. For sure. And potentially North Carolina as well. Yeah. They don't produce as much talent in North Carolina. But... I mean, they're starting to, though. I mean, like, if, if you can go in and, and get guys out of South Carolina, out of North Carolina, like, North Carolina is a, a tough spot to recruit, too, because they have a lot of good players. And, and they have not, a bunch of schools. They have a bunch of schools, but there's no, like, dominant in-state school. So everybody goes there to recruit because they feel like they can pull guys out of there because there's no – Right, Tennessee, Tennessee. There's no Clemson, South Carolina. There's no Virginia Tech. There's no Georgia. Like, um, so you know, a lot of teams go in there trying to recruit. All right, here you go, Dave. 
Yes. Thoughts well, you, on Qua visiting UCF? I literally have none. <laughs> like, it's April of going into his senior year. Take as many visits as you want, man. Like, that's – and I get – I understand the po- whole point. Like, well, then why did you commit in the first place? I understand that side of it. But, like, I just – it doesn't bother me. Like, he, he felt good enough to commit to UC for whatever reason. Now it's on them to make him stick to that and not get beat out by somebody else. And he's a top – he's a ni- almost a 93 rating. He's well inside the top 247. Like, UC's a new emer- – still considered to a lot of people a new emerging program. There's going to be questions from other staffs. Like, yeah, all that stuff they did before, that was fickle, and that was because they were in the AC. Now it's going to be much harder. You're going to go there. You're going to lose a bunch of games, blah, blah, blah. Like, <clears throat> you, it's just part of the deal, and you just got to – look. You, you can speak as a, as a guy that has followed Tennessee for a long time. This fan base, and some people aren't going to like to hear this, but this fan base has a long way to go when it comes to uh, understanding what recruiting at the top of the sport really feels like. They do. I will get, I will say though, like I don't begrudge anybody for being like, why, why the hell would you commit then? But like, there is, I mean, these we are going to be in, or we want to be in, like legitimate, like knockout, drag out battles with high, high level players. And you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Guys are going to commit, they're going to decommit, you're going to do the same thing. That's my, that's the part that always cracks me up is like, you get mad at the player for committing and then visiting. But if, a player committed to, you know, Michigan State last week, and now he visits UC this week, we'd all be like, hell yeah, like time to flip him. Like, you can't have it both ways. This staff's recruiting their ass off. Look at him, look at him going after these committed dudes. Like, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> you can't. You either, you, either I... get, you either get mad when he commits and then visits UCF, and then you say, I don't – then when, when UC does it, you say, I don't want that guy because he's already committed and we need to honor and respect his, his decision. Uh, this and is we know that's I, not going to happen, so. No. <laughs> this is something I do want to bring up. Um, and I think Aaron and I will probably – we might get to this on the nightcap tonight, but I wanted to touch on it here a little bit about the – uh, the new thing coming out where guys are going to, there's no more, there's, there's not going to be a limit of five official visits. You can official visit however many schools you want or however many essentially, but here's, here's what it comes down to. You can visit however many schools are willing to pay for you right. to official visit. Like, I think you don't that's just the call part. the school and say, Hey, I'm official visiting this weekend. Buy my plane ticket. I'm coming in. Plane ticket, hotel, right. steak dinner. Uh, another steak dinner, uh, a couple lunches, a breakfast, not just for you, but for you and your family. Uh, like it, it's. Which I'm fine with. I, I don't mind. I think you should be able like, why should there be a limit? If some, if someone is willing to bring you in, then, yeah. they, then, then they should be allowed to bring you in. Now I do, I do wonder with committed guys, does this now do staffs get more 
apprehensive of being like, is this guy really considering us? Like, we haven't really talked to him that sure. much. Like, we're not necessarily recruiting him super hard. And he calls us and he wants to come in for an official. Does he? Is he really thinking about flipping his commitment? Or is he just looking to check out, you know, School X? Yeah, and then there's, you know, like, everybody everybody always like, I'd, I'd just go visit Hawaii. Sure. Sure. Hawaii's not going to pay for you, not going to pay for you to just go visit Hawaii. (laughs) Is there a chance you're going to commit to Hawaii? Well, well, no, but I'd like to go to Hawaii. So I think you guys should pay for it. (laughs) Right. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of money being thrown around at the highest level of college athletics right now. There's still not enough money where recruiting departments and, and football programs are just gonna bankroll unlimited official visits for kids that that, that yeah. aren't gonna go to that school. Like you, oh, you've been committed to Ohio State for nine months, and now you want to come on an official visit to Texas. Like, I, I'm not sure. Like, we're gonna pay for that because they're, we're probably not gonna change your mind. Yeah, yeah. It's you know. Yeah, I think there's probably more overreaction to it than what will will actually like play out. Like I, I'm just not envisioning particular kids because like if you're a high high level kid and you make a decision more times than not you're cuz you've been on a lot of unofficial visits and you're sticking to it. If you're a a medium level kid like you're you're not having like 30 programs banging down your door to get you to come official so like who are the ones that are going to take these 10 15 official visits that you know that you envision by allowing them to to have unlimited visits like i i don't i'm maybe i'm being naive i'm just not sure i'm seeing where this becomes like some process yeah <laughs> uh a lot of recruits angling for tuesday night vacations to lubbock yeah it's just it, getting back home is hard it's all, like getting to Lubbock. It's fine. It, it's getting what? home from Lubbock. That's getting really out hard. of there. Getting out of there. That's the yeah. problem. It's hotel. It's hotel Lubbock. You can check out anytime you'd like, but you can never leave. <laughs> <laughs> unless you are, unless you like uh, get in trouble for saying stuff to your players, then then apparently you can leave because they ask you to. Well, what's up, what's yeah. up Jack? Trust the process. Good to have you, brother. Good to see you. you uh, yeah, special, like, special guest sometime. You're more than welcome anytime, Jack. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just don't like. I, I I see people talking about it, and I guess that like the first thing a fan thinks is the guy's going to go on, you know, 15 official visits now. Cause that's what they, cause that's what they would do. Yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> Hell yeah, you're damn right. Yeah, I want to come in town for the. Let me come in for the Texas Alabama game, and then I'm going to go to the <laughs> Ohio State, you know, UCLA right. game, and then I think the next week I'm going to go check out Clemson, you know, uh, some whoever they're playing. <laughs> then I'm going to go down to the swamp and check out Florida and Oklahoma. That would be great. Yeah, if you if you have that juice, you just have a road, power to you. A road trip every weekend of the college football season. Hell yeah! 
Hell yeah. If I was the number one player, that's exactly what I would do. I would sit down with my family, like, right now. The schedules are out. Everybody knows what yeah. the games what, are What games be. do you guys want to go to? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to go to all of them. All of them. Me and the crew. Uh, is, watch coaches require recruits to post a top 10 graphic with their school in it for an official. Keegan, we got you. We got a lot to teach you, son. <laughs> Seven of those coaches know they have no shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the top ten. Well, here's the funny part. Let's let's break down what a top ten really looks like. There's four schools that the kid is not going to go to when they put out a top ten. There's three schools that the school. Is not going to take the kid. And then take the three, kid. There's schools that aren't even recruiting the kid. That right. Are on I'm some, being some kind. I'm 10. being kind. <laughs> In a top ten, generally, there's four schools the kid has no like. There's no chance the kid's going to go to that school. And there's three schools that the kid. To put it mildly, the kid doesn't have a committable offer. And then. There's three schools in the middle that are the actual three schools that are trying to yeah, land it's a, the kids. It's a committed. marketing ploy to make other people think that you're more popular than you are. And so it's like, oh, well, if all these schools want this guy, then maybe we should want him too. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the Vince Morrow angle of, of handing yeah. out offers. This should be a class that you see. <laughs> I don't think they'd ever let me do that, Keegan. <laughs> you did one podcast with us and you walked away going, what did I get myself into? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see it as a thing that's going to make like major waves. Nah. Kids can now take unlimited. I'm sure stories. there'll be one or two stories, but like there, I mean, I just. Yeah. When do you, Most like, of the time they don't take five. And yes, you have more time to do it now. They've opened up the windows more, but like you see less and less guys taking official visits during their season. So yeah, like when, there's no when are, point in that anymore. When are you going to and coaches don't really want official visits in season no, anymore? Not during I mean, the that, season, it's impossible. That, that used to be a huge thing, like, oh, who's coming in for the big game? But you want more unofficial visits from the future classes just to get them in your stadium get them to, to experience your game day versus having to host and do the Friday night dog and pony show and then hang out with them after a game that you just got, you know, what are you waving? You see as a beer tasting class. Oh, well, maybe I need to re-enroll. Uh, like time out. Stop what we're I doing. Get, I get another degree. Stop what we're doing. You see as a beer tasting class. <laughs> mm, this Where do I enroll? How this much? One's, this one's good. It's cold. But yeah, I, I don't think it's um can it be taken remotely? I love you, Natalie. I don't want them to take it remote. They I want them to pay for my beer. Yeah, that's I guess that's a good point. 
if it's remote, you're probably going to have to pay for your own beer to take the class, unless they give you a stipend or something. I did take you, history of rock at, at UT. Beer, wine, music of the Beatles, history of rock. Did you pass? I did pass that one. I did pass that one. <laughs> not hi not history of actual rocks. I didn't pass that. No, 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 no. I passed history of rock and roll. Rock and yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the visits, the visits timing is is more open now, but I, I don't think it's, I think it's even shorter um, when guys are actually taking visits. Roy, Royer's a tutor for the, uh, for the beer drinking class. <laughs> Be careful. You might end up in the hospital. Oh, that's great. That's great. Can I help you? Okay, that's great. You got your home beautiful pair of Colorado shirt on. It's nice. <laughs> you want to you want to show the people what the the home field Colorado shirt looks like? It probably ignores you all night except the two hours you're on the podcast. No, like nine thirty is like when she used to talk to her mom. Uh, so nine thirty is when she expects me to be free to speak to her until she goes to bed at ten. So yeah. We're gonna have to to rearrange or have Aaron fill in for like ten minutes <laughs> from nine thirty to you know yeah nine forty five. Can you take him out? Make sure he's he's good. Bear should be good. He was out for a while. Okay. Thanks. Come on, Tiger. Uh, Kelsey is Team Dion. No, actually, it just um. Let's go. As part of my payment from Home Field, I just had him send me a bunch of stuff for Kelly and Kelsey from the, the contract that we had. They were like, I'll send you money. And I was like, eh, just send the girls shirts. Random, random home field apparel. So they got a bunch of that. Um, basketball, not a, a ton going on at the moment, but there is important news as Simus Lukosius, uh, the Butler transfer uh, will be arriving. I thought it was going to be tomorrow night. I think the schedule kind of adjusted uh, because there's an open eval weekend. Uh, so he'll be here tomorrow afternoon, um, early afternoon, uh, and be here until Saturday morning. And it is his last scheduled visit. He went to Oklahoma State. Uh, he just got back to Indianapolis from BYU, and then he'll do Cincinnati uh, tomorrow through the day, Friday, and then uh, head out of town Saturday morning. Um, this is a big one. Double-digit score in the Big East last year. Really, uh, probably Butler's best offensive player a season ago. And... Uh, a guy that I think that fits where this roster is at really well. Any thoughts on Simus, Dave? Uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm at a loss with 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 Linus Simus Sinus whatever is <laughs> Sinus. I, I have I have not watched much of uh, of this tape to be quite honest. Um, the, I mean, 
it, I know it's like to, to say this. Uh, you did mention a player's name that in, that certainly I I had this mentioned to me. Up. This was not my comparison. That, that's what I mean. This, I'm not attributing this to you. I'm just saying you mentioned that there was a comparison made uh, to Jaime Jaquez of UCLA, who, with that question over the last couple years, has been my favorite non-Bearcat player in college basketball. So, because he is a guy that I look that I thought would have made a great all-time Bearcat, the way that he played, reminds us all, reminded me of so many great players of recent history. And if this guy commits to UC and is anywhere near as impactful as Jaime was to UCLA the last two years, I will uh, be very, very happy. Um, now, do you feel that is a, a relative comparison? Maybe not like skill level equal, but like, are they the same types of players? I think they're similar. I did tell the coach that told me that easy tiger. Yeah, <laughs> calm down. Let's chill out. Let's let's maybe not let's maybe not jump to conclusions quickly on that one. Uh, but I get it. Like it, you know, he's he's crafty. He can shoot it. He can really pass. He can handle it. He's a bit of a tweener. Defense would be a concern, but I think right now looking at this group, they need offense. And this is a guy that can be a really good player on the offensive end of the floor. So um, I think it would be a, a critical that, addition. He dog in him. He looks to have that dog in him. Like, you know, I, I, Unless you watch somebody a lot, like a lot, a lot, I don't think you really know. Right. I, I didn't look. Let's. I, I did not watch a lot of Butler this year. Like that guy could pick watched, me up tomorrow morning to take to take me to the airport, and I wouldn't have any idea who he was. Except for the fact that he's like six six and two twenty five, I think you might be like. Yeah, but I wouldn't be like, oh shit, you're the dude from Butler, <laughs> right? Like, I, I would not. Like I would have no idea. You could cross paths in the morning at CBG and would not think twice about who you just walked past. No, I wouldn't have a clue. I'd be like, oh, that guy's kind of tall. Maybe he plays basketball. Right. Um, I do think he would be a fit. Like, I do think he is something like, I used, well, just say it. I think he's a better Jeremiah Davenport. Yeah. And you're replacing Jeremiah Davenport in the heart. Like he was the sixth man. So if he's a little better than Jeremiah Davenport, maybe he's the third or fourth guy. So So I I think. Are we still, you know, and obviously things can change. I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to hold you to comments that other people will probably hold you to. But like, is he a top of the roster big 12 guy? Or are we still kind of searching for that? That. I don't know that he is the top of the roster Big 12 guy, but right. I think he's a top three guy on your team Big 12 guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe top four, but yeah. So up there. So yeah. And that's I mean, what this that's, team needs. This good. team needs and top the, um... three or four guys on the roster in the Big 12. 
Is there any anyone? anyone else that you are allowed to to speak on, or or is there nobody that's like kind of quite far enough far enough down the road? Even in the portal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> when as soon as I have names I can share, there will be names I can share. I can promise you that it is how we make money. Oh, I we, I know you always do. I just I know. I'm, I'm just I'm, saying we're not there. Yeah, yet. I might have been out on something, and I and I don't even know no, if there is one yet. that's been out there. No, nothing, nothing new yet. But uh, so keep up on Joker Court. Tomorrow's a new day. Who knows? Tomorrow, the, over the weekend, early next week. We've got till May 11th. You know? I think there's also, like, I, I, this is That's another thing people haven't talked time. about. Another thing people haven't talked about, Dave. There is guys that have entered the portal and declared for the draft. And right now, like, that focus for those guys right. is where do I stand in the draft process? But at some point... Guess what? You re- you retained your eligibility for a reason. Most of those guys are coming back to college. And that'll be and at the end of the cycle. not where they were before because the, other, because the other schools, the school that they were at is probably, unless they're a, Already moved on. Like, they're not a shoo-in to go. They're not a shoo-in to go to the draft. Or they wouldn't be doing this. Right. So many of those guys is the school that they were at going to sit there and wait necessarily right. to find out what that answer is right so we still got a long way to go just buckle up ride it out all right i don't have much else to you anything else you want to get to um your, our new segment when is that going to start uh I, we're ramping that up i want to get us the product first so soon, I would think. All right. We can talk about it. I can let people know what the new segment is. We're going to be doing a segment. There's a new sponsor coming on board. We're going to be doing a new segment called Bearcat of the Week. And it can be anybody that's a Bearcat. They can be pro sports. Uh, we'll probably take nominations like uh, for anything, you know, anybody that was a Bearcat. And we'll do a Bearcat of the Week segment. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Do you think we should pick the Bearcat of the Week prior to the segment and just have the Bearcat of the Week? Or do you think we should take submissions, narrow it down to two or three, and then you and I will select the Bearcat of the Week like on, live on the show every week? Um. Kelsey says live on the show every week. Sure. And, I mean, then I we're just going to get like nine that. million. Tw- we get twenty people giving twenty different names, and yeah, but you and I will narrow that down to where we're just going to talk about two or three. I think we should do a yeah. Twitter poll because people love Twitter polls. And you can't then... do Twitter polls anymore. What? Why? Yeah, you have to be verified to respond. Unless to you're verified, you can't you can't answer. I, I pay the eight dollars. I don't I don't care. So not it's just, just cool Aaron's Aaron, Aaron, gonna be not, the one reply to the Twitter. Not board. everybody's as cool as Aaron. I mean, this is part of my job, so it's fine. 
<laughs> I don't care. Um, we're, we're, we're workshopping it still, but we are going to be doing a Bearcat of the Week segment uh, coming up soon, and it is sponsored by a really cool sponsor that I'm excited to get on board. Uh, I will add that the American Athletic Conference Golf Championship starts Friday. Okay. So awesome. that is the final event of the season. The uh, the boys have, I would say, you know, if you asked Coach Martin, the fall has been inconsistent. Or the spring season has been inconsistent. Um, they've been in some very, very good fields. But uh, I don't think that they've performed to where they would have liked to. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how they play this weekend down in Florida. Who are the other like main main contenders from the American? Well, let me see. I would I would guess SMU. Uh, but let me pull something up real quick. And I will This is a great podcast. Let's see where some Let's see where some American teams are ranking. It's current. Well, uh, UC is right, currently fortieth on golf stat. East Carolina one forty ninth, so they're not very good. Uh, let's see, where is this? Houston forty ninth, so they're right there with the Bearcats. Uh, Memphis eightieth. Where's SMU? SMU's always had some good players. SMU 73rd, so not that great. South Florida 87th. So, I, I mean, UC should be right there to be a prohibitive favorite to win the win the tournament. UCF they are 71st. the favorite. They should be the favorite. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, there's no – I mean – Houston's kind of close to them, but other than that, everybody's in the 70s or higher that I've seen. Uh, o- OSU, Bearcat 12 is in Oklahoma State. Uh, yeah, they're, they're golf power, and so is Oklahoma, but we don't have to worry about them anymore because they're going to the SEC. But yes, Oklahoma State's very good. Texas Tech's very good. Kansas State's very good. Uh, actually, let's see. Texas Tech is currently fifth in the country. Oklahoma's 11th, Texas is 14th, Oklahoma State's 20th, Kansas State's 24th. So, yeah, two of those schools we don't have to worry about, but the other three are <laughs> our top 25 teams right now. There you go. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Good, because I need to go to bed. <laughs> you enjoy your trip to Vegas. <laughs> Again, if anybody wants to uh, to pop in this weekend, Saturday, 12 to 3, uh, Lindemann Funeral Homes in Erlanger. Uh, I'm sure Kelly would love to uh, have you pay your respects. So all are welcome. We will see you next week. Special guest, defensive coordinator, Brian Brown is uh, is lined up. This is the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com.